Welcome everyone to Mediation Station. This is the show that looks at issues in our lives that may lead to conflict and shares information about how to try to deal with those issues in a personal and peaceful way. My name is Greg Fenton, your host each week on Mediation Station. During the week, I work at Conflict Mediation Services of Downsview as the coordinator of the Community Transformation Program. Co-hosting with me is Jenny D'Alessandro. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Greg. Thanks for your welcome to the show. Conflict Mediation Services of Downsview is a community-based, non-for-profit organization that is celebrating its 20th year of operation. We receive contacts about situations from the community members, police, social service organizations, schools, and others about various issues of conflict. We bring together the people experiencing issues in relationships to meet face-to-face, to talk with each other, especially about the feelings, in order to gain understanding of each other and create ways that will satisfy the things that are affecting their relationships. We provide various interpersonal and communication trainings, like mediation skills, victim-offender dialogue, dealing with anger, and parent-youth mediation. These trainings are available for community members to take. Sometimes people are interested in becoming volunteer mediators. Conflict Mediation Services of Downsview is located at 95 Eddystone Avenue in the Jane and Finch area of Toronto. The telephone number to CMSD is 416-740-2522 and our website is www.cmsd.org. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Our topic tonight is called Talking Diversity and Cross-Cultural Matters. Usually when you and I, Jenny, are together, we don't have a, a guest. We're so lucky tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an opportunity for the two of us, usually, to discuss openly different topics that mean something to us and hopefully have some relevance to others out in the community who listen to the program. This is another of the topics in a series of many that Jenny and I are bringing to light as part of being reflective or self-aware. These topics are to raise the conscious level of the different things that are part of our whole life experience. We do have a guest today. Lel McConan, who has such a rich experience with the topic today, diversity and cross-cultural matters. We will get into a deeper discussion about the topic a bit later in the show. For now, there are other things to discuss, so please hold on to any thoughts and ideas regarding the topic and consider giving us a call at 416-785-0680. Last week, we discussed on the show Youth and Gangs with author Michael C. Chettelberg, who had written a book this past April called Young Thugs Inside the Dangerous World of Canadian Street Gangs. Michael's show was quite informative. We want to thank him for coming on the program and for sharing his perspective about youth, gangs, and community. Mediation Station, just a note, has been on the air for more than two and a half years. I want to talk a little bit about something that comes up as a matter of concern for me and for a number of my female friends. Um, connecting with someone who is sincere about having relationships. This has been um, of a topic today, I guess. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about that and also about an experience that I had on my way here today. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah so I don't know which one to start first because they're both absolutely great. Um, talk about the just recent experience, so like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so on our way here to the radio show, um, I decided that I was going to stop at a gas station and, um, you know, I needed something to drink and get ready for the show. So I stopped, I went in and I grabbed my drink, stood in line and the gentleman says, oh, he says, are you Italian? And I said, well, yes, I am. 
And uh, he says, oh, mafia. I said, whoa. I said, okay. I said, um, okay. And I said, what are you? And he says, Syrian. I said, oh, Muslim? And he says, yes. He goes, I'm Muslim. He says, you, you Muslim? And I said, no, alhamdulillah, I'm mafia. And uh, so I gave it back to him. But I got into the car and I realized, holy smokes, I can't believe I just had that encounter. Um, the gentleman was working. And usually if I get a comment like, wow, you're Italian, I usually get, oh, say, bella donna or ciao come stai. So you'll hear some sort of comment. Um, but this gentleman, which was really young, like not young, but he was quite my age, toot toot. Um, yeah, you're pretty young. <laughs> You know, he, he just, mafia? I said, wow, I can't believe he said that. And he was wearing the suit um, that belongs to that corporation. So he's a representative of that corporation. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, he felt comfortable um, to just basically call me a name, a stereotype. Which uh, would, you know, generally I think it would be uh, perceived as being uh, negative, derogatory. Very negative, very derogatory. Reinforcing and, uh, stereotypes. Reinforcing stereotypes, definitely. So when I got in the car and shared this with you, it was quite a laugh. Again, it was a laugh of, oh, my God, I'm so surprised. Um, well, yeah, and the, the thing for me is that uh, he made the comment, okay, which isn't acceptable, yet he felt okay to say it as a representative of a corporation, which is one of the major oil companies in this country. We're not going to name names. We won't name names because, no. you know. Right. But we're, he, we're he had the that. uniform on, <laughs> and he felt okay to say something like that. I, and it was in public. You know, there were other people. I was standing in a line, mm -hmm. um, and he said that word that was out loud, and, you know, it was just really, wow. I, I think it connects really with our topic today. It I, really I, does. I just think the individual needs some sensitivity in terms of cross-cultural understanding. Mm-hmm. How uh, one statement by one person can be uh, viewed or understood in a different way by another person. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's the way in which we understand our um, experiences that informs the way we move forward. So that was definitely an experience that was sort of, wow, I can't believe it. But if it had to happen, it would happen to me. So <laughs> it's just these hey, come on, we're not doing stereotypes here. Oh, yeah, that's right. We don't do stereotypes here. Well, okay, so let's. What's with that other topic that you were? Uh, well, the other share? topic was is um, you know there's been a lot of thinking in the last couple of weeks about what it means to um, start intimate relationships, and what I mean by that is is you know, and that's a current topic with all our friends. Um, is is how do you work on yourself in order to be prepared to enter into another relationship with somebody else? Um, you know, finding a partner. And um, so I've been doing a lot of searching, and actually today I was in a course. I took a course um, that was a workshop. Oh, yeah? And um, it wasn't geared toward this. It was just geared toward finding out who you as a person um, can, what we can achieve if we let go of, of certain things and, or we work through certain things. So it was quite interesting. And I started writing a poem. Uh, so I might just share the beginning of that poem or that thought. Well, and, well I um, see about 20 pages there. What yeah, you, you know, it's or? all crumpled up and stuff. I, oh. had, I was waiting a very long time for you. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, she usually comes and picks me up. That's why um, I made you wait. You made me wait. But you, you were creative in the meantime. You well, had something useful. Again, it's about what you do and what you create while you're waiting. All right. Or so maybe we shouldn't be waiting to begin with. We should just be experiencing life as it comes and not wait at all. Well, that's a context, right? Take action. 
waiting is like expecting others to fulfill your life in some way. Just go mm-hmm. forward and move on with your own life in your own way. Exactly. And um, that was something that I kept on bringing up today is, well, I'm happy and I'm, I'm full and I try to be with, within myself and I try to be true in my experiences. And so then what's missing? Well, nothing, right? Nothing's really mm. missing. It's just Are you sure? Because we had a conversation last night. That's why we're bringing up this topic today. Well, that's why something was missing, Greg. Yeah. I was talking to you last night. <laughs> it was a Saturday uh, night. <laughs> I was missing? <laughs> no, we were, we were there together. <laughs> we were there together. Share some of your uh, story. So, which story? This one. Oh, my, my poem? Yeah. Well, um, let me see here. It's sort of all over the place, and it's in scribble, but I'll start from forever searching for a place of understanding, a place where we belong. If our experience predicts the way we interpret the world, then this would be an injustice to our future that we are capable of creating. To be free from context and to experience a new understanding um, can provide opportunity for us to move forward. And then you came into the car. <laughs> so that's Is it. Is that part of the, the, the script? No, too? no, no. And I then I came know. into the car. And then you no. came into the car and you uh, affected my, my, my context. Your, your train of thought. <laughs> my train of thought. But I've got a lot of scribbles here. And basically, at the end of the day, is we create our opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we need to let go of our past experiences and sort of create something from nothing. And this is, um, you know, how you make change and you enable people, I guess, to make changes by realizing that you can do things um, by taking action. Mm-hmm. And so our guest is, is here, and he'll, he'll explain a little bit more about that, taking action. Right. <laughs> we'll get into that very soon. Very soon. I just want to mention, too, that a good friend of Mediation Station was in Toronto last week for a visit. That's uh, Brian Martin. Brian. Yes, our previous co-host who left us last June, this past June, to uh, move on to BC, British Columbia, for a job opportunity. Brian came back to pick up some winter clothes <laughs> and also visit family and friends. He, you know, they're not going to get the same kind of winter there. So maybe he could like sell his clothes or something. No, you could just leave them behind. No, he felt oh, he had to come here. I think that was just an I excuse. I think he, it was an excuse to see you. Me? You. <laughs> yeah, but that's why he waited to the last minute to see me. Well, you did have a sweet visit. Yeah, we had a short <laughs> and sweet one. <laughs> he met me after the show last week, and we spent some quality time together. Aww. So, I, Brian, if you're listening, hi. You're he three, misses you a lot. He's three hours uh, behind us. We're ahead. We're ahead. Yeah. We're always ahead. Yeah. So it's about <laughs> just after 5 o'clock there, about 5.15. Let's move on to our topic tonight, talking diversity and cross-cultural matters. So what do we mean by diversity and culture? For me, diversity refers to difference of being. It defines all the ways that each of us define ourselves and how we are defined by others. It can mean gender, sexual orientation, religion, language, age, life experience, and more. Most times, difference is seen as something that separates us from one another. We take the view that diversity is something that we can all benefit from and provide for bridging people and enriching our lives. Do we want everything to always be the same? How boring that would be. That would be so boring. I like difference. Difference is good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we're discussing this subject. I think it's so important to go into the areas of life experience that people do not usually go to or speak openly about um, because when we start talking about it, a lot lot of the times controversy comes about. Um, How else will positive change occur for those of us who experience matters that we do, not necessarily 
having any direct control over the terms that are occurring in our lives. How do we go about making this a safer and healthier community unless there is a transparency um, and open expression of serious issues that have major consequences on our social health, education, and economic systems? Now, Greg, could you talk a little bit about what transparency means? In the context of our show? Right. Just to be open and clear, bring open everything. And clear. Yeah, just have no sense of, okay, you're meaning something else. You're saying something, one thing, and you might mean another thing mm -hmm. without it cl clearly being understood by the person who's hearing the message. So you're okay. saying something, somebody might get a misunderstanding about the context and the perspective that you're trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what transparency is for me, being open. And also in the context of this show is to share information that generally people don't feel, quote, safe to talk about out in public there's issues so there's sensitive issues for whatever reason so I prefer this opportunity as a forum for us to communicate educate and people to take in you know perspective of how they want to the information that we share Excellent. this is one dimension this is not the only way people have to make their own choices at their own time right so we're not telling people this is how it has to be or should be. So I guess it's an opportunity to just talk about it and mm -hmm. explore. Very good. Right. So I encourage anyone to call in with comments and questions regarding any personal experience regarding the topic. It would be great to hear about what is happening for others out there. We all can learn from each other. Again, our number to call is 416-785-0680. Our guest today is Lel McConan. I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Lel is a rich man. <laughs> Very rich. <laughs> he has such a variety of diverse perspectives. Lel is a refugee who has lived in Norway since 1996. He was one of the university students who protested against the ethnic-based politics practiced by the government in his home country. Lel's lectures on ethnic minority issues and cross-cultural communication are uh, heard throughout the country in terms of university context and others. He is currently developing a postgraduate program in conflict management and ethnicity that will seek to develop culturally sensitive conflict management practices when ethnic minorities come into contact with health and social services. Welcome to Mediation Station, Lau. Thank you very much. I didn't say in that intro specific information originally where you're from etc because I want that to be part of the conversation you know we have some questions that's going to ask you and elaborate on that and pull that information out for everybody to hear okay. so you came to Canada to attend a specific training that's called intercultural issues in mediation at conflict mediation services of Downsview uh, you can tell us more about that as well after the show so uh, Jenny and I would uh, like to have a conversation with you <laughs> about the topic of diversity and cross-cultural matters. In terms of yourself, what, what's your profession back in Norway? Uh, I'm a social worker, um, uh, and I work in uh, Education and Research Institute, which is uh, called Regional uh, Center for Child and Adolescent Mental Health um, of Norway. 
south end of East Norway. So uh, I'm uh, working there, I'm a project manager, and I'm developing, uh, as you say in, uh, in your introduction, a uh, postgraduate program in uh, conflict management and ethnicity. Uh, in addition, I'm a guest lecturer at uh, different u- university colleges in, in Norway. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, uh, I lecture uh, about ethnic minority issues and cross-cultural issues. So when we talk about Norway, we're talking about one of the Scandinavian countries or one of the countries over in Europe. I just want people to have context and geography as well. This isn't Norway, Ontario, because I believe there is a place called Norway, Ontario. Oh, just like there's a place called <laughs> London and Paris. <laughs> so, Liol, you live and work in Norway, mm-hmm. and you lecture at various universities, and, and you work and you also study, because you're always, always and forever moving forward and, and learning more. Yes. Um, but as I look at you, I realize that there's more to the story, and what I'd like to hear is how this all began for you. How did you end up in Norway? Ah. And what kind of struggle was that for you? Uh, yes, uh, I mean, it's, it's a long story. Uh, uh, back home, uh, I was a university student in Addis Ababa University, and I was uh, one of the students who were uh, advocating for um, civil and political rights, and especially academic freedom. And I was also one of the Addis Ababa University students who opposed the ethnic-based politics, uh, in, in Ethiopia, in my country, and um, uh, ethnic politics, I mean, we have seen after the fall of the Berlin Wall, it has caused lots of damage in different countries. And the expectation after the Cold War uh, period, as you know, is you know that many countries will develop democratic system, but uh, at the same time, many countries were ravaged by war and ethnic conflict. Mm-hmm. So I was opposing that that uh, ethnic-based politics and its dire consequences. And then uh, how did you end up uh, identifying Norway as the place, and why did you end up, at what point in your time in Ethiopia? Yes, actually when uh, you are a refugee, when you are persecuted, um, and when your life and freedom is at risk, you don't choose a place to to live. Mm -hmm. It is the chance and it is your destiny that just chase you to one place or the other. So uh, actually, I, uh, I just uh, escaped from my country uh, for the p- political reasons, and uh, I ended up in Norway. It was uh, a complicated story, but I didn't choose Norway as my target, mm-hmm. as a living place. But I had to. As a refugee, I had no other alternative than living in a country which was... Okay. Uh, and, how, and that was nine years ago? I know it was in 1996. 1996. Yes. Wow. And so you've made a life for yourself there. Yes. And, um, it was not so easy I mean, living as an African, mm-hmm. uh, as a person of different uh, cultural uh, background, ethnic background, color, living in a, in a uh, white-dominated society, uh, being a refugee, a stranger, an outsider. You can uh, name it whatever, you know, it is so challenging. Mm-hmm. It was not so easy for me in the climate. Uh, I came up, I came uh, from a country which was known as uh, a 13 months of sunshine mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year, very good climate. But there it was too cold, 
too much snow. It was mountainous area and mountainous country. So uh, I felt as if I were uh, in a different planet. Mm-hmm. And the language as well. Oh, the language is so, <laughs> so difficult. I, I'm sure you, don't, oh. you didn't learn Norwegian back in Ethiopia. Oh, I didn't have any clue about Norwegian language at all. So it was, um, it was so challenging, really, living in a new society, in a new country, being a foreigner and being a stranger. It was so difficult. Jenny and I are here with our guest, Leol McConan, visiting from Norway. Yes, he just flew over for the show. Is that true? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got him off guard with that one. Oh, We're boy. talking about diversity and cross-cultural matters. And, Liel, the question comes to mind because of uh, all the context and the show, etc. What is your cultural background? Yes, uh, my, as I said, I'm, I'm from Ethiopia, and I identify myself as an Ethiopian. In my country, there are about 82 ethnic groups with different culture, language, dialect. And uh, uh, Ethiopia is a very ancient nation, and people have been intermarried for many, many years, probably thousands of years. So uh, I can identify my mother tongue, but uh, I can't identify myself by ethnicity because Mm -hmm. of all these mixes and intermarriages. So instead, uh, I uh, better identify myself as a person with a, uh, who, who uh, acquires an Ethiopian culture. <laughs> That's very, very interesting. Okay. What, so what for you is the experience or for opportunity and integration for individuals who do not identify as per the majority mainstream community in Norway? Yeah, my, my experience in Norway is so diverse, and it depends upon... Uh, how long I lived and, and what, you know, at different times I had different experience. And the first uh, two years I, uh, of my life in, in Norway, I was living in uh, refugee centers. And it was uh, in North Norway. It's in, almost in North Pole, <laughs> I can say. It was too cold and uh, the opportunity to get job or to have education was so limited. And uh, uh, two years, uh, I mean, living in that kind of situation, it was uh, very, very difficult, you know. And that is a part of my experience. But after I get, uh, uh, you know, education, after I I study uh, the language, then, of course, my experience, you know, gradually, you know, changed through process because I start interacting with people and uh, there was an opportunity for education. Then I joined the Oslo University College to study social work. And, uh, you know, the whole process up to uh, today, I mean, there are so many challenges. There are many opportunities for me and many other uh, immigrants. Uh, and uh, the challenges are, um, you know, there are uh, good opportunities to study. Uh, and at the same time, there are also so many obstacles mm-hmm. uh, to be included in the work uh, in the work, in working market, in the job market. So, um, yeah, it's a combination. How, w- what did you see as um, the key, if you can say that or identify that, for you that made it more possible for you to be more involved in the Norwegian community? Uh, yes, I, uh, I better say uh, my efforts. It is my efforts. You know, it is not by luck. 
uh, or something, but I have invested a lot of energy and time uh, to make it happen. Because in a new country, when you are a stranger, you don't. One thing that I have learned is you sh you can't expect other people to come and change your life. It is you who stand by yourself, and you are totally responsible for your life. So no matter obstacles that you meet in your life, you have to face them, and it requires courage. Requires a lot of courage. It courage, yes, yes. You know, it's funny. My grandmother and I've told a lot of my friends the, the saying is, "You achieve your destiny." So there was a lot of times when I heard my aunts, for example, complaining about their lives and crying about what they were experiencing as new immigrants here in Canada. And my grandmother would always say, "You achieve your destiny. Destiny, ju things just don't happen to you. Definitely, you have, um, you're a factor in that, and you affect change for yourself." Definitely, I have seen and I have experienced that in my life. Mm -hmm. And I can be, I'm, I'm a witness. Because uh, there is one thing that, uh, which is uh, a quite a dominant uh, theory right now about resilience. That despite to the obstacles and despite to the problems and the difficulties that we meet in life, there are so many people who prosper, mm -hmm. who become victorious. So actually, uh, it is talking about misery uh, and uh, the darkest moments of our times, it, it doesn't help. It, it does help for a, for a period of time. But if we don't stand up for ourselves and try to change the circumstances of our lives, then we end up complaining. So we have to... So I did my best to come out of that circle. And yeah. you did in a big way. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and it requires a lot. I sweat a lot for that. Just learning... A new language and a new society is very, very difficult thing to do. Because language, you can't learn it at school. There has to be an interaction with the local population. And especially when you are seen as a stranger and people uh, do not want to come and contact you for many reasons. It can be for xenophobia mm -hmm. or many people who think that you don't speak the language or, uh, or maybe they think that they don't have something in common. Uh, the chance to be socially excluded is very high in a new society. And how did you overcome that? Yes, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I said, you know, uh, uh, thanks to God. I mean, personally, um, uh, I grew up with an attitude that human beings are not evil by nature. But it depends upon their perception and their attitude towards others. That makes them... Uh, friendly or unfriendly so this attitude has helped me to uh, to have the courage to go and uh, and to say to people hi how are you uh, what do you think about me what do you think about life uh, here i am i'm lul you know i didn't mm -hmm. i didn't come from vacuum i came from a country i have also my own background i have also my own heritage i have something to share to you you know so i didn't wait until they come and ask me, who are you and what are you doing in our society? Mm -hmm. I introduce myself and it requires a lot of gut and courage. People are not the same. I insist, I insist to anyone who, me, who I meet in a foreign land, this is what I say. Go and show yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is the way you can develop trust with other people. So That's huge.
So in terms of, in terms of uh, your experience, how would that relate in terms of uh, other individuals who leave their home country and go to live in a new country? Um, how does that relate to the experiences of anyone? Yes. Uh, you know, experience, it, it, you know, it depends upon who the person is. What sort of background a person has? The social class, educational background, professional background. We can't expect one illiterate and one uh, scholar to experience life in a foreign land in some way. You know, mm-hmm. We have different attitude and we have different perception. But speaking, you know, just generally, in general. but generally, uh, for any immigrant who lives in, in a foreign soil, there is one common thing. That is, uh, no matter how long you live there, the people who are so close to you, they know you, they identify you as a, as a friend or as a colleague, but the majority of the population still watch you as a stranger. And the most uh, touchy part of this, uh, this uh, phenomenon is uh, the more you are considered as a stranger, at one point, you become a stranger to yourself. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, you know, it is uh, identity, you know, our identity. Some people think that our identity is something which was born with us. No, but identity is something which is constructed in a process. You get your identity because of the feedbacks that you get from the society and from other people. We had a show on this a few weeks ago, and the context of the identity that was presented is that we identify ourselves based on a lot of how others see us. Definitely. Definitely. It is through social reflection that we develop our identity. If people, the majority of the people around you, consider you as an outsider. You develop the identity of being an outsider. And all that goes with that, too. Yes. And on the other hand, I would I would probably say that with what you've discussed with us so far is that by thinking that, no, I'm not an outsider, we have more things in common than not, and therefore I can make a connection. And so I am who I am, and that was actually a joke in the show, I am who I am, um, and by knowing who you are, then you can confidently go into a situation with a vulnerability and a humility and say, I am who I am. And, and I'd like to share that with you if you're open to the opportunity. Yes. And I think that comes with a great amount of strength and courage, yes. especially in a place, for example, Norway, where you're a man of color and you're in Norway, where everybody's predominantly white. It's a completely different language. Yes. And so identity, um, your identity is so important and yet, again, you reflect and say, well, how do these people see me? And so it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle. It is. Yes. Uh, I, I, I mean, you said it all. Um, you know, uh, our identity and the way we interact with people, you know, uh, when you go to some, some other place, you know, to a new house, there is one thing that you have to do. You have to knock the door. Mm-hmm. Unless you knock the door, nobody is going to open to you. So it is the same principle. As a stranger, you have to knock the door. Here I am. Here I am. Make Listen a presence. <laughs> Make a presence. Yes. Yeah. Let, let somebody know that you're there first Definitely. before they can go to answer the door. I like that. Okay. I so really do. <laughs> well, reflect on it. Lao is a rich man. I referred to that earlier. He's a man of many talents. He's also a poet. I'd like the opportunity for everyone to uh, hear 
some of his work. Well, thank you. Uh, this is a poem uh, I wrote about uh, immigrants, just to see uh, how it feels to be an immigrant in a new country. And the title is Endless Journey. And uh, as the day turns to night, and the night turns to day, as days make weeks and months, months again make more years, I find myself restless. My destination is unknown. My journey is endless. I wander alone in a white field, covered by the blue sky. I don't know where I belong to. I ask myself, who am I? I wander alone in a white field, packing my heavy baggage. I don't lift my head up high. Hopelessness is a thick fog. There won't be bright day. The cloud shattered the blue sky. The invisible heavy burdens, worries, thoughts, hopelessness, feeling pushed and spitted, not knowing what comes next. Time becomes meaningless. Being different is a curse. Seeking to unload my burden, looking for a safe place, I wander alone under the cloud. They think I am by nature nomad, but let me tell you what I feel. I am a boat on a dry land. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, I mean, I want to summarize mm -hmm. how it feels to be an immigrant. It's a contrast. Endless journey on one side, mentally, half part of our body is in our home, and half part of our body is on the foreign soil. A man that knows two lands will never be happy. Definitely. So in terms of um, the situation in Norway and from your context of change, what would you like to see happen in Norway to provide for some change? Yes, uh, Norway as a na young nation uh, for, uh, to accept uh, immigrants, to accommodate immigrants, has uh, lots of challenges in terms of uh, integration and, in, uh, for example, housing, health, education. So there are so many challenges that uh, the Norwegian society faces. Um, and uh, uh, there are so many things, you know, the, Norway is in the process of a change to make it a better place to accommodate uh, diversity. So uh, even though there are so many challenges, we see also these challenges here, the challenges of racism and discrimination mm -hmm. on one side. And uh, the other side, on the other side, so uh, there are many immigrants who don't adapt the system and the acculturation process is so tough and difficult for them. So uh, to be included in the mainstream society, it is uh, almost like a global challenge uh, in many West European countries, in Canada and even in the United States. In these countries who have many years of uh, experience in in accommodating and uh, um, yeah so what brings you to Canada as well as the training that you've taken the last couple of days yes I came um, uh, to Canada uh, especially for one purpose uh, as I said um, uh, before uh, the postgraduate program that I'm developing in conflict management and ethnicity it is so crucial for a young nation like Norway uh, to meet the demands and the needs of ethnic minorities when they are in a conflict situation. And uh, uh, Canada uh, has gone too far in that respect, in terms of multiculturalism and diversity. When you use the words too far, what do you mean? I mean, uh, there is too much progress uh, in education, research, 
and the issue of uh, multiculturalism and diversity uh, it's not a new uh, phenomenon in in Canada many researchers have done on it long time ago i mean i myself i have read lots of books lots of articles lots of research reports that i liked and i appreciated a lot and i hope the canadian model of uh, uh, managing diversity can be a very good model and it can set a very good example for many west european countries if canada though has you know it has a very diverse perspective maybe more if it's fair to say than norway um and experiences issues of discrimination and oppression here how open do you think norwegian society is to change involving addressing the issues of discrimination and oppression as well i think the possibility is there and thanks to the globalization process today information moves faster than bullets or rec- rockets mm-hmm. you know so uh uh norway uh, now this technology has enabled us to see what other countries has gone through in the integration process and this creates a very good uh platform for norway and many other countries to adopt a very good comfortable and suitable uh integration uh, system so there is a possibility because there are so many exclu in include uh, what's that inclusive forces in, in the society and there is a political will to do that mm-hmm. so as long as there is a political will and there are uh, many individuals politicians scholars who wants to make a difference the possibility is there and what was imagined many years ago as impossible has become possible so there is no reason that uh things won't change in Norway it definitely changes is there anything that you can suggest to the listeners uh, because we're coming down to our closing soon for the show that you can suggest to the listeners regarding diversity in culture because many of the listeners are individuals who are from diverse community who are quote not identified as mainstream english speaking first language individuals who listen to this show yes as a message i have uh, to, uh, about diversity is um, you know diversity uh, i have heard so many discussions is it a strength for our community for our society or is it weakness and my answer is media is it a strength or a weakness for our society it depends upon how we use it if we manage diversity and if we lead it in the right direction it benefits the whole community but at the same time if we see it as a curse and if we don't want to do a change and if we don't want to act upon it then it will be a curse so diversity by itself is not good or bad it is how we manage it it is how we create a society where all individuals despite to their differences participate in the mainstream society and, and and there's transformation of mainstream to reflect that diversity definitely and all parts both immigrants the newcomers and the majority of the population all have responsibility to keep the positive aspect of diversity and everyone has to strive for it everyone has to work for it so we need a collective effort to make it possible okay 
when you go back to, to Norway, and if you could uh, capture this in a short way of defining it, when you go back to, uh, to Norway, what are you going to do first? The first thing that I will do is I will share the experience uh, I got from the intercultural uh, issues in mediation, the workshop I, uh, was, I had uh, participated and I have learned a great deal of things about how to create uh, uh, culturally competent and culturally sensitive practice. And this is, uh, I think, Norway will be benefited from this experience. And definitely, I will introduce this. And I will introduce also the conflict mediation service of Downsview because I'm so impressed by, uh, by uh, what they do in the, in the society and especially uh, the intercultural issues and aspects of uh, their activity. I'm, I'm so impressed and really it will benefit so many other uh, countries in, in Europe. Greg and I are always available if you want to do a workshop. We're more than happy to come over. <laughs> we'll be more than happy. Just give us a call and we'll come to Norway. It is my <laughs> pleasure. It is my pleasure to keep contact with you and to develop this cross-national, cross-continental uh, cooperation. How okay. Is All that? right. <laughs> we we uh, we're having a love fest here, um, but we have to uh, say goodbye. We want to thank uh, Lau for taking time out of a short visit here in Canada to visit with us. We've been deeply touched by you, you and your work. So we want to say, uh, have a good night, everyone. Thank you, everyone, and thanks for listening. Until next time, and for always, be safe. Have a good night from Mediation Station.